Welcome to Faith Baptist Church, Great Village, where we believe in the truth of the gospel, building of community, and engaging in the mission of Christ. We hope you enjoy this week's message as our pastors share from God's Word. I just love watching all those kids. They're just, they're amazing. Children are amazing. You know, sometimes they... They can, I, you might know this already, but children can be very noisy. Um, and sometimes that can be a little annoying when you're trying to listen or pay attention to something or someone. Uh, somebody was telling me, this is, not, this is not a legend, this has actually happened, that there is a church, it's even in our region, it's in the, uh, that, and they have made it part of their uh, idea, they do not want kids in the, in inside their building. They, they actually said, have come out and publicly said, I don't know if they said it from the platform or not, but they basically said, no, we like it this way because it's how we worship. It's, you know, very reverent. <laughs> Yeah, they are missing it, Gene. Um, I, I just love it. I love them. I love the, all the joy and the life they bring and the, and the hope and the expectation. And we have to be very careful we don't squash that or do anything to, you know, Jesus, when Jesus talked about a millstone being tied around your neck and thrown into the ocean, he was talking about offending children, all right? So, and that offense takes place in a lot of different w- ways. Uh, but, you know, he said, let the little children come unto me, for such of such are the kingdom of God. He said, unless you become like them, you won't even get in. That's what he said. Jesus said that. Right? So how, how are we going to know even how to get into heaven if we don't have any kids around? Right? <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that's that nothing to do with this message this morning. But <laughs> I want to... Uh, um, I, I want to say it's an exciting time of year. I've been really excited this... Uh, you know, Easter season. We don't tend to make as much fuss about Easter as we do at Christmas time, and I, I'm not sure why that is. I, I think I know. I think it's because we, we as a society, we don't get the whole cross and resurrection thing. We, babies in mangers, yeah, that's that's a nice sounding story. But, but this is why he came. This is why he was born. This is why he left heaven, to suffer and to die for your sin and mine. And to raise again, rise again victorious over sin, death, and hell. This is why he came. This is our, this is our main celebration. Celebration of new life in Jesus. I want to mention, I want to just back up a little wee bit and, um, and say to you that the, uh, uh, the prayer night, uh, by the way, the offering this morning was a special offering, and we didn't mention that, but it's the 30-30-30, open arms, 30%, uh, Mount Traber, 30%. And uh, field de- development, 30%, and 10% to our benevolent fund. Uh, we have two special offerings like that every year, Easter and Thanksgiving. And uh, so we've been promoting that for a while. And so uh, I'm, so that, that's an exciting thing for me. And then uh, this prayer night that Alex mentioned, um, you know, just, just want to take a moment here and just kind of share a little bit. Um, last May, so next month it will be a, a year, this, the membership, the members of this church 
in, a, in our annual regular May business meeting, voted, and I, I think it was unanimous, if I remember, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was a unanimous vote to form a search committee to find God's man to come in uh, as a pastor here with us. And uh, we, we struck a committee that the, the, the members mandated the, the board to solicit the assistance of um, um, other members to form a committee and get to work on that. And uh, you could say that was kind of the official start of the search process. Um, but the process, um, you know, uh, sometimes I, I understand it's hard, you know, to communicate so that people understand what's going on. But we outlined the process in black and white way back in the fall. And we made these available. Uh, I think we made them available on Sunday morning. This is the full process that we laid out in prayer worked hard on this as a, as, a, as a committee and as leadership, and we followed this process, and we're right here where it says uh, concert of prayer. Now, it's not the first mention of prayer in, in, in this. Um, we're supposed to be praying all along, right? We've been praying all along. I hope you've been praying. I've been praying like crazy because I'm on, on the search committee, and there's a lot of steps. There was a lot of steps we went through. There were a lot of points where we had to say, Lord, which, you know, is it, this, is it this or is it this? Many, many, many points. And how do we, you know, how do we navigate this? And we really have prayed our way through that, and I hope that you've been praying as well. If you would like a copy of, of this, uh, I'm just going to toss them here. Uh, you know, I could, I could give you lots of paperwork. This is the, uh, this is the, the posting. That they call it a job posting for the position that went online in different uh, fashions. And it's a three-page document that you, I can give you that. Anything you want to know about the process, I'm more than happy to tell you because I want you to understand that you are involved in the process even if you are not part of the search committee. Okay? Now, uh, where we're at now is we, uh, we've got a decision to make. And uh, as Alex mentioned, Josh is coming next Sunday to preach. And then Tuesday night, we're having a prayer time. I strongly encourage you to come. Uh, and if you can, and then uh, the following Sunday night, uh, May 5th, we're going to be, be voting. Now, that meeting, May 5th, is not planned to be a long meeting. We're not, we're not planning a whole lot of discussion that night. Because the idea is the discussion should have already had by then. If you, if you have questions, you need to search out, search out somebody on that committee. Talk to me, talk to Alex. Sean Putnam's right here. He's on the committee, uh, the search committee. Um, Brittany... Uh, Tracy, who in, uh, dismissed the children, was on the search committee. Um, who, uh, Fred, you here, Fred? Fred's right there. More, Fred Morris on the committee. And Alex and myself, did I get everybody? I think that's everybody. And we've been communicating with the, the elders and deacons as well. And so, yeah, if you, uh, if you have questions, talk to us. Uh, but I can tell you that the leadership and, and the, of the committee and the board has, have done a lot of work. Um, you know, uh, Josh Fitz. The profile we set out at the very beginning of, of what we were hoping God would, you know, have for us. Yeah, and uh, so I, I uh, that's exciting too. That's not as exciting as Jesus rising from the dead, because uh, nothing is as exciting as Jesus rising from the grave. But uh, but these are exciting times for us as a church. So, um, yeah. Um. You don't have to answer this question. 
might be better if you just listen. Are you excited about Jesus being alive? Are you excited that he rose from the grave? I want to talk with you a little bit about Peter. Because um, Peter uh, is one of those characters in scripture, in scripture that you just kind of gravitate to. I mean, you read Peter, and it's like most of us feel like somehow like Peter's like us. Because he, one minute he'd be saying something really good, and next minute he'd be sticking his foot right in his mouth. And that's, I don't know about you, but that's the story of my life too. And, uh, um, and it doesn't even matter where I am, whether I'm up here or, or at home. I stick my foot in my mouth, and, and that's just the way it is. Uh, Peter was uh, uh, impatient, and he, uh, he was uh, kind of, um, what's the word? Not rambunctious, but, uh, you know. Impulsive, that's the word I was looking for. Thank you. That is exactly the word I was looking for. He was impulsive. And uh, uh, Peter was enthusiastic. But his enthusiasm um, about Jesus rising from the dead was tempered. And the reason it was tempered was because the last time Peter had been in Jesus' company, he denied ever knowing him. He even cursed. And then he ran away. Um... Don, if you could bring up those uh, those two, uh, two passages. Let's just take a look at uh, John chapter 20 and uh, verses 1 to 10. Then we'll look at verse 19. Um, I'm just going to read off the screen. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. Who was that? That's John, yeah. And said to them, uh, who was also the youngest, we were pretty confident he was the youngest as well, and said to them, Peter might have been one of the older, older ones, they had taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out and the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen clothes. Is that cloths? Cloths. Clothes would have an E, right? Thank you. Uh, the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Peter, on the other hand, followed him, went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the, the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Just, just stop there for a second. Folded up in a place for itself. Why is, that, why is that significant? Men, men what? Okay. I thought you were going to say men don't, men don't fold stuff. That's what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, yeah. 
pretend to know, but I, I have one idea I have is, is that if there was something violent that had happened or something untoward that had happened or, or a bunch of people had broken in to steal the body, the last thing they would do would be to fold that cloth, right? Who folded the cloth? Jesus did. Yeah. Okay, verse uh, eight. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in and he saw and he believed. And that's John who's writing. He says, for as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. They didn't understand that. This is a, this is a surprise to them, okay? Easter Sunday morning was an absolute, complete surprise to his disciples. Uh, you can say they should have known because he told them, but put yourself in their place, right? So they're just completely blown away by this. And then uh, um, verse... 10 says, then the disciples went back to their homes. And then verse uh, 19 says, on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. Now I want to just back up a little bit, okay? I was talking to you before about Peter. Go back to John chapter 13 and take a look at this. John chapter 13 uh, Verse 36, 37, and 38. Three verses there. So Simon P Peter said to him, so this is before the cruci uh, crucifixion. This was the night that Jesus was betrayed. They're in the upper room when this, uh, this has happened. Jesus, you know, he's, has just washed the disciples' feet. And, and you, if you haven't read that recently, you really should. It's amazing. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus has just announced that he's leaving, right? And so, and they don't get it, okay? So Peter says, uh, the, the impulsive one, speaks up, Lord, where are you going? Uh, and Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterward. Verse 37, Peter said to him, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Utterly sincere. Completely and utterly sincere. Well, a lot, Peter was a lot of things, but insincere, he was not. Okay? I will lay down my life for you. He loved Jesus. Loved him. Verse 38, Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me, Peter? Truly, truly I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. When it came to uh, Peter's enthusiasm, um, with the resurrection of Jesus, his enthusiasm was somewhat tempered by the fact that he had let Jesus down. Have you ever let Jesus down? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me see here. I am going to sing a song. Um, this is a, a, a song that was written by a man named Don Francisco. It's, it's called uh, He's Alive. And uh, I've, I've loved the song since the first time I heard it. And, uh, but I have kind of adapted it a little bit. Uh, my own, uh, yeah, whatever. Um, that's probably good enough. It's, it, the song's called He's Alive, but the lyrics um, are interesting. Don Francisco is... A, I call him a balladeer. He, he writes story songs. And this is a story song. 
And it's the story of Peter and Jesus. And um, um, the lyrics. He's alive, it's called. But the lyrics say, um, he's alive and I'm forgiven. He wasn't just alive. He was alive after dying because he didn't just die. He died for our sins. He died so we could be forgiven for all of the times that we let him down. the song. It tells the story, so you're going to have to listen real close to the words. The gates and doors were barred and all the windows fastened down. I spent the night in sleeplessness and rose at every sound. Half in hopeless sorrow and half in fear of day. We find the soldiers breaking through to drag us Just before the sunrise, I heard something at the wall. The gate began to rattle and the voice began to call. I hurried to the window and I looked down in the street. Expecting swords and torches and the sounds of soldiers' feet. There was no one there but Mary, so I went down to let her in. John stood there beside me as she told us where she'd been. She said they'd moved him in the night, and none of us knows where. But the stone's been rolled away, and his body isn't there. John ran on ahead. They found the stone in the empty tomb, just the way that Mary said. But the winding sheet they wrapped him in was just an empty shell. And how and why are they taking him? There's more than I can tell. Something strange had happened there, but I just didn't know. John believed a miracle. I just turned to go. Circumstance and speculation wouldn't lift me very high. Because I'd seen them crucify him. And then I watched him inside the house again the guilt and the anguish came 
Everything I promised him just added to my shame. When at last it came, the choices I denied knew his name. Even if he was alive, it just wouldn't be the same. Filled with a strange and sweet perfume Light that came from everywhere Drove shadows from the room And then Jesus stood before me With his arms stretched open wide And I fell down on my knees And I clung to him and cried I clung to him and cried But he raised me from my feet to my feet as I looked into his eyes. Love was shining up from him like sunlight from the skies. Guilt in my confusion disappeared in sweet dreams. And every fear I ever had melted into peace. forgiven. He's alive. I'm forgiven. He's alive. I'm forgiven. Jesus didn't just die. He died for our sins. <laughs> he died for all of our shortcomings. He died for every time we ever let God down. Every time we ever let each other down. Yeah, he said it's finished, right? Paid in full. Completely satisfied the uh, justice of God, the righteousness of God. Completely satisfied. I don't know how closely you identify with Peter or even with other uh, Bible characters as far as that goes. Um, 
but I, uh, I think we're supposed to. Um, I'm just going to set this back here because I have no notes today uh, other than the words of the song that I just sang because I couldn't do that with the notes without the lyrics in front of me because there's eight verses in, in the song. But but because um, it tells us that story, right? But, but I, we're supposed to identify with biblical characters, right? And uh, so uh, when I was preparing my heart for today, I... Uh, I really wanted to sing that song because I love the song, and, and I, I thought I, I was kind of enamored with the, with the story uh, that it tells it from Peter's uh, perspective, and I just found myself just identifying with, with that, right? Um, you know, God forbid, if you were to uh, uh, get hit by a truck tomorrow, you would, be, you would get to meet the Lord face to face. You know, what would that be like, you know? What's it like to meet the resurrected Jesus? Well, I can tell you, you know, I mean, we're celebrating because, you know, this is this amazing reality that, that death has been conquered, that death has been conquered, that there is life beyond the grave. And it's like, hallelujah, that's such an amazing, incredible, wonderful thing. Could there possibly be anything more wonderful than that? But if our sins aren't forgiven, then it's not the same because we have to stand before, the Bible says we stand before a holy God. And, you know, there's a, there's a, I guess it's kind of like an old story. I, um, somebody, somebody asked, was asked, you know, uh, the question, you know, if you were to stand before, find yourself standing before God, you know, say you were hit by a bus and you end up, uh, you know, suddenly in the Lord's presence, and he were to say to you, why should I allow you into my heaven? What would you say? <laughs> right? Which is actually a pretty good question. Not that he's going to actually have to ask us that at the time, because we have to, we have to make those decisions now, but, but what would you say? And, and uh, you know, the, the simple and best answer to that is because Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay completely for all of my sin. And he's my savior. I belong to him. That's your entrance. That's what the Bible says is the entrance into eternal life. If you're here today and you're a little, you're not sure, you're uncertain about how, how this all comes down, that's where it comes down. That the only hope we have for the forgiveness of our sins is the hope we have in Jesus Understand this. He lived a perfect life. Think about that. We talk about Jesus' death and resurrection. And people go, I don't know if I can believe that or not. Can you believe somebody lived a perfect life? I have a hard time believing that. Because I, <laughs> I know how hard life is for me. And lots of people have it harder than me. And uh, it's hard. I get in trouble sometimes because I publicly say I don't, ever make, I don't ever remember making through a whole day without sinning. And people think that's a terrible thing for a pastor to say. <laughs> sin of the omission, sins of commission. It's, sin is just coming up short. It's coming up short of the mark of God's perfect righteousness. And the Bible says that all of us have sinned. Every single one of us. And, and we sin all the time. You know that dirty look you gave to the guy at the bank when, you know, he took too long to get to the teller or whatever? That's a sin, right? 
Yeah, and we sin, we, we sin all the time. And when you become a Christian, you, you try, you know, to pray the Lord, help, help me not to give in to those temptations. But we're, we are fallen creatures, and we come up short. Jesus never sinned. Wrap your mind around that. His thought life was 100% pure. Never looked at another person and, and saw them as anything other than a child of God loved by him. And then he laid that life down. 30 years old. I turned 60 this summer, and you can applaud. I made it to 60, and almost. <laughs> I'm going to be 60 in August. You know, think about your know, 30 years. <laughs> it's, it's, it could happen. If, if it does happen, I still have lived twice as long, uh, you know, uh, as Jesus in his body. And, uh, but 30 years old, man, that's, that's young. You, if you're sitting here and you're 25, you think 30 is old. I'm telling you, 30 is not old. It's young. Neither is 60. Thank you, Mary. <laughs> Where's Ed Langell? Yeah, Ed. How old are you, Ed? 82. 82. There you go, man. <laughs> yep. you know, you're a survivor, Ed. Yeah. Yeah. 85, Ethel says, 85. Wow. And, and Ethel, you would never know Ethel's 85. Ed, I can believe you're 82. But <laughs> Who is 30 here? Jesse? Oh, you guys are both 30? In a couple months' time? Young people, right? Glenda, you cut it out. <laughs> Glenda's older than I am. <laughs> hey, it counts. It counts. How old are you, Luke? <laughs> uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, his birthday is right, right beside mine. Yeah. Pretty young. Come on up here. Yeah, come on up. <laughs> this, is what, this is what youth looks like, okay? <laughs> That's what he looks like to be young. Strong. Look at this. Make a muscle. Make a muscle. Yeah, look. Look at that. Young, strong, healthy, right? Healthy. Yeah, you're healthy. Yeah, good. Good. Long life to you. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to, like, jinx you. I don't believe in, I don't believe in jinxes anyway, right? I, don't, I, I, I gave up believing in luck a long time ago when I found myself... Uh, Believing in in Christ and, and God's will for my life instead, but but um, that's why I don't mind talking about getting hit by a truck because it could happen, and it, if it does, it won't be outside of God's uh, knowledge and, and purposes. But uh, getting back to the to the topic, you know, 30 years old. I know he's not 30 yet, but I mean, young and healthy, and you know, laid it down. He laid down his life. And not only that, he suffered. You know, of all the ways to die 
they say that crucifixion is probably the worst way to go. And you say, why did God choose that? If you read the biblical account of what sin is and how horrible sin is and how it, how destructive and how offensive to God it is, then you can understand a little bit why the suffering uh, that Jesus endured was so great. I'm, uh, I'm going to keep a promise. Let me see, 11:39, and I'm going to I'm going to be done early today. Uh, in case you're wondering, I promised myself that. Uh, because uh, uh, we, some of us got to enjoy a nice breakfast together and we get to fellowship a little bit. And, uh, but I wanted to just, uh, in, as we kind of pull things together here, I want you to think about this, this um, thought of, that comes with the, the, the reality of Jesus being alive is that you're going to meet him face to face someday. You'll get to see those nail-scarred hands. And I suspect you'll be like Peter. You'll fall down and you'll, you'll cling to those pierced feet of his and you will cry. You will cry like a baby because that's how Peter cried. I'm sure of it. I'm absolutely positive of it. But then the question will not be, is Jesus alive? The question will be, am I forgiven? So I'm going to ask you that question this morning. Have you put your trust in God's Messiah, God's Savior, His Son, Jesus Christ, the only one who lived a perfect life, the only one who laid that life down for you so that you could be forgiven and paid for your sin. Have you put your trust in him? Have you personally, have you personally responded to the gospel of Jesus, the message of salvation, and received him as your Savior and your Lord? When you see him that day, whenever it is, whether it's tomorrow or whether it's uh, 50 years from now or whenever it is, are you going to meet him as your savior or read the book of Revelation as your judge? You get to decide that today. You will make a decision before you leave this room one way or the other. Now, that's not to say if you walk out that door today without him that you're, you're lost because God may give you other opportunities. He may give you a number of opportunities. He gave me many opportunities. I'm pretty sure if I went around this room and asked, I think there's a lot of people here today who, who, get, who get a lot of opportunities. But there's no guarantees that, he's ever, that he'll even give you one more opportunity. And a choice not to accept Jesus is a choice in and of itself. You've chosen. Jesus said, whoever is not, not for me is against me. Those are his words. He said that. So my question to you is, are you for him or against him? Do you know him as your savior? If something were to happen to you uh, t t tomorrow or who knows down the road, when you stand before him, what's it going to be?
why don't you stand right now? And uh, we'll acknowledge the presence of the Lord here today because he is here. His spirit. We, that's part of the teaching of the Bible too, right? That he sent, after he ascended to heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit. And, that, and he, Paul, Paul refers to the Holy Spirit as the spirit of Christ. So it's, it's God, in, right? And he indwells believers. And he also, he, he makes his presence known in the assembly of believers. Th- those are biblical teachings, okay? I'm not telling you anything that I kind of made up. The, the Bible teaches us that. It says that. Jesus said that. He said, wherever two or more are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of, with you. So, so, so he's here, and you're standing. So why don't you just pretend for a moment that you're standing face-to-face with the one who died for you. What's your answer to him today? Will you respond to him? He said, this is not my, this is not my words. He said, come to me. Come to me, all you who are heavy and laden, heavy, heavy laden and burdened, and I will give you rest. He said, as many as come to me, I will not turn any away. Right? He, he said that. So will you, by faith, come to Jesus and make a decision by faith for Jesus today? And I'd like to pray with you. Let's bow our heads. If you're here and you'd like to to pray a simple prayer of faith, I'd be happy to lead you. It is so simple just to say something in your heart like this. Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying on that cross for me. I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I let you down. I know that I come up short. No matter how hard I might try sometimes, I know that I need your forgiveness. And I thank you for making the way, making the way by suffering for me and dying for me that I could be forgiven and have you as my Savior. So I accept you, Lord. I, I trust you. I receive you. I welcome you into my heart and life. And I claim the promise, your promise. You said if I would accept you and confess my sin to you and take you as my own, that you would take me and make me your own and give me eternal life. And so right now, Lord, according to your word, be it so unto me. Thank you for forgiving my sin. Thank you for giving me new life. Thank you for raising from up from that grave. And, and thank you for being here and meeting me here in this place today. I look forward to walking with you all the days of my life, right into heaven's glory. And Jesus, it's all because of you. We thank you and we praise you today. Risen Lord, wonderful, beautiful Savior. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Happy Easter, everybody. God bless you all. Have a great, have a great day.